And welcome to the Dr. Sky Podcast, episode number three. Thank you so much for your interest in what we talk about here from our flagship radio station on KTAR with me, Dr. Sky. That's KTAR.com to learn so much more about our blog, our website. Check the menu on the right side of KTAR.com. Scroll down. You can go to podcasts for this podcast. And of course, wherever podcasts are heard and good ones indeed. The Dr. Sky Show, heard on KTAR News, 92.3 FM, Saturday mornings at 3 a.m., but you are listening to the podcast version. We're sitting outside here tonight, looking at the sky, sharing the things that we love and we know you like, too. Don't forget, go to that Dr. Sky podcast blog, or the blog, I should say, and actually at the bottom, you can download your very own star map. You can follow along with us here on the Dr. Sky Show and the Dr. Sky podcast current version, of course, for this particular edition of episode three is for October 2020. So let's begin as we talk about and be, as I like to say on the radio show, I'm your navigator on the highway to the heavens. You bet. I sure the hell believe that. Just like many of you out there, you're curious about the things that are going on in the nighttime sky and you're tired and God bless those that are ill with COVID and you're looking for ways to do things and hopefully we can all get together and do the many programs that we love here with you, the public, in mind, the great times that we've had over the years. I assure you, we will do them again. So let's begin as we talk about in this particular podcast, episode three, as we move toward the end of October, 2020. You know, the moon was at its new phase. We call that the dark of the moon. That happened on the 16th. The slender waxing crescent seen low in the southwest was quite spectacular. And this particular podcast being recorded on October the 20th, just about 12 days or so, not even 12 days to the end of the month. The moon, of course, waxes. Get a load of this. The moon will be at its first quarter phase on the 23rd. It'll pass the mighty planets that are in the southern sky right now, both Jupiter and Saturn. The moon passes Jupiter on the 22nd, and it passes Saturn just to the left of Jupiter by about 7 degrees on the 23rd. What about those two planets? In a pair of binoculars, you can see the beauty of the Galilean satellites. We've talked about that before. If your friends and neighbors don't believe you, just hold those binoculars steady, and maybe you'll go, wow, look at those little things, three little moons, four little moons. Did you know that most, if not all of them, are larger than our moon? Our moon has a diameter of 2,159 miles. Thought you'd like to know that. But the satellite Ganymede, the largest of the Jovian satellites, is actually larger than the planet Mercury, go figure. So the ball of Jupiter that you're looking at in the binocular or the telescope is 88,000 miles across. That would be 12 Earth diameters. Yeah, it's that big. A gaseous planet spinning at a very rapid rate. Its rotation is less than 10 hours. Isn't that amazing? And just a beautiful sight. But about 7 degrees to the left of Jupiter, you're going to come across the original ring planet, as I like to call it, the planet Saturn. This planet, of course, as I'm looking in the sky now, The naked eye is nowhere near as bright as Jupiter, but that's what it is. And both Jupiter and Saturn are pretty far now. How far are they? Jupiter about 475 million miles away from your eye. And the planet Saturn, how about this, is about almost, I'm rounding things off here, almost 900 million miles away. That's far. So what else can we see in our sky? So the moon then moves on after first quarter to a waxing phase, or excuse me, it continues on to a gibbous phase which is still waxing. It looks egg-shaped, and then it moves on to a strange and unusual full phase on Halloween night. 
for many of us, the first time since 1944 that we've had a full, truly full Halloween moon. Well, some of the moons that occurred on Halloween weren't full because they were not 100% full. Remember, a full moon rises at sunset and is in the sky all night, and that's what you're going to see on Halloween night. A beautiful so-called blue moon, not by color, but by the rarity of it. Some say the second full moon in a calendar month is literally a blue moon, and some say that it probably should be the fourth full moon in a calendar season. Go figure. Nobody can agree on that. Then the moon, of course, moves on and wanes, and the rest of the story unfolds as it moves back in November to another new phase by or about the 15th of November. So what else is happening in our October, late October skies? Well, folks, if you look to the east, I keep talking about this, Mars is really now the most spectacular planet in the sky, outshining Jupiter by a bit. It's amazing. It's a little over 40 million miles away now. Those of you with telescopes, you're probably going to say, hey, Dr. Sky, I'm already doing this. Those of you that haven't really point, you know, pointed it toward the planet, take a look. The larger telescopes, of course, will show you the southern polar cap. I observe that regularly through my very, very good crystal clear three and a half inch teleview uh, telescope, a little acro, an APO type of refractor, meaning it's got perfect or near perfect glass. But when, no matter what you have, the larger the aperture, the reflector or the refractor, details on the surface of Mars are going to be visible. So it's a beautiful night. We're out here observing. And Mars, of course, high in the east. Did you know that Mars has been retrograding since early September? What does that mean? It's been moving against the background stars, the opposite of the way planets move. Planets move to the east through the zodiac on a regular basis. But when the Earth catches up like horses on a horse track, a racetrack, the inner lap, you can lap the, the person or the horse that's right to the right of you if you're a runner, and that person appears to go backwards as you pass them on the inner loop. That's what happens. The Earth passes Mars, and it seems to go backwards. So Mars appears to be moving to the west through the constellations, and it will stop in early November and resume direct motion. In the early morning sky, you got to get up real early, you got to look into the northeast sky, or more to the east-southeast, Venus, no doubt the brightest of the objects. That's why we call her the goddess of love and beauty. But here's a tip. If you're listening to this podcast right around October the 20th, you have an especial engagement and appointment with the sky, courtesy of Dr. Sky. What is it? You're looking and hopefully going to be looking for the annual Orionid meteor shower. That's a meteor shower that peaks during the early morning hours of the 20th and the 21st. How do you see it? Look to the eastern part of the sky. After midnight, get out those sky charts that we talk about from skymaps.com, and hopefully you'll be able to identify Orion the Hunter. And shame on you if you can't, and I mean that sincerely. Orion, the stars of it are very bright. The brightest one, of course, that you'll be looking at, or the two brightest one, is the upper left area of Orion in the armpit. It's the star with the funny name called Betelgeuse, and Betelgeuse is amazing. It's been in the news. It's been dimming. Blah, 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 red supergiant, and people were thinking it's ready to go supernova. Not quite. The Hubble Space Telescope tells us that it's not as far away as we thought. It may be as close as some 530 light years. So as you're looking in the sky at Betelgeuse, know that the dimming of that star over the last year is probably not caused of the star collapsing and going supernova. A large cloud of material was expelled from that of the star Betelgeuse, and that dark material 
He's actually in the line of sight of the Earth, getting in the way. But the point is about the Orionid meteor shower. That's the area right to the upper left of Betelgeuse where all the meteors are coming out. You could, under dark moonless skies, hopefully that's you, get to see maybe 10 or 15 of these very fast shooting stars, so to speak. They're actually tiny grains of dust from comets. And how about this one, folks? This is all from Comet Halley. Quite amazing. So good luck in seeing that. Quite spectacular in the sky. And don't forget, a planet that we hardly talk about, the one with the funny name, Uranus, not the other pronunciation. It comes to opposition on the 31st. It was discovered by William Herschel back on March the 13th of 1781. Binoculars will reveal it. And of course, if you go to the skylive.com, you'll be able to find finder charts of how to find Uranus. Yes, I said Uranus. That's a planet that's really strange. It's greenish in color, has an array, an amazing array of satellites. It also has a ring system, and it comes to opposition. It's a very famous planet in the sky because it takes an incredible 84 years to go around the sun. So if you're looking just to the left of Mars with a detailed star chart, you will get to find in a telescope and share with your friends and show them the greenness of the strange named planet. And you'll say it right, I hope, Uranus, an object that is literally billions or so miles away from us out in the deep, dark recesses of the solar system. So that pretty much wraps up this edition. Email me at drskyshow at gmail.com for any of your questions on telescopes, binoculars. And in the next year, we actually will be looking to sell telescopes and equipment. Yes, that helps keep this going. But Dr. Sky reminds you to always remember to keep your eyes to the skies. Why? Because it's phenomenal stuff to learn all ages, younger and older. I am your navigator on the highway to the heavens. Clear skies until next the next episode of the Dr. Sky Podcast. <laughs>